Back on KTOE, we turn our attention towards my friend Mark Griffith back in studio with me. He's the executive director of South Central Minnesota EMS. How are you doing, Mark? I'm great, Lisa. How are you? Good. Turn that a little right towards your face there. There we go. There. Is that better? Now I can hear your voice. <laughs> nice. How, what have you been doing since the last time I saw you? You know, we're staying busy. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of public education and, uh, you know, uh, I have uh, spent the part of the last month on top of uh, doing uh, some Stop the Bleed stuff and some CPR training. Uh, um, stop the Bleed? Stop the Bleed. Oh, I'm going to yeah. turn this mic for you. Oh. There we go. There now we go. Now we got it. All right. Just want to make sure it's directly in front so, of you. So with Stop the Bleed and and uh, and uh, and some CPR training, I, um, yeah, just kind of getting out in the field. And, uh, you know, spring is, uh, spring's been with us, I think, since mid-December now. So people are out and about and they want to. They want to learn. I, the stupid groundhog was yeah, that groundhog. <laughs> Although I have to say, if people I, I, like, if people need the EMS services, having you guys be able to get there quickly without the snow and the ice, that's probably helpful. Yeah, that's and that's a great point because I think this time last year, we're, I think we were all still complaining about how there was like six inches of ice everywhere for months, mm-hmm. and, and this year it's been uh, well, it's mud. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome. Uh, speaking of mud, there's um, what is it? The uh, Bach Fest that's coming up on March second in oh. New Ulm. So yeah, yeah. that's that's mud that's, fest. That's going to be mud fest. But it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so we'll see you there. Um, you know, you were in my thoughts the other day when uh, the tragedy happened up in Burnsville, mm-hmm. and I know there were there were uh, first responders, two police officers killed, and but a paramedic. And mm-hmm. that uh, in my thoughts, I, I thought. Well, I didn't realize how fast a paramedic would be on scene. Oh yeah, yeah, um, and you know that you know anytime we lose anybody in public service, that's a that's a blow to mm-hmm. uh, to all of us. And uh, you know the f- as tragic as it as it was, and as just needless as it was, um, to know that you know these these three these three folks were running towards the danger right. to keep other people safe. That's. Uh, Admirable Very and, and uh, just heart-wrenching um, to have to to witness that. And, and um, we've got folks in studio who do those jobs every day. We need people like that. Absolutely. Um, but last time, you know, we talked about this is not everything is running into a burning building, right? It's not. Yeah, no, it's not. And it's, uh, you know, when, when, when things like happened last week you know when that happens that is a a huge deal um very big deal um but for the most part you know ems tends to be um you're you're certainly you're certainly there with you know in people's most um when people need you most when they're when they're most vulnerable they're vulnerable yeah Yeah. um you know that i don't think that really ever changes but uh certainly uh Certainly, yeah, we're not dodging into volcanoes or burning houses on a regular basis. But it makes me think, again, what type of person Mm -hmm. would say, you know what, that's where I'm going to be. That is where I'm going to be. That's what I'm going to do. And it's everyday people like you and I Mm -hmm. that can do those things. Yeah. And so you brought guests today. You want to introduce our guests? I, I did. So uh, this, uh, well, since I, I can only really see one of them right now, I see this guy <laughs> next to me. Uh, Jay, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, hi, my name is Jay Regali. I'm a paramedic with North Memorial, also a member of the Minnesota EMS Honor Guard. Yeah. And then I think on the end down there is... Uh, you can't see him? Not I, Stan no, is now here. I can see him. <laughs> Stan Stalker. Yes. I got the name right this yes. time. 
And yes. Stan, what do you do? So I'm the director of the Lee Center Ambulance. Um, I also have a training center. I'm the, um, I've been on the ambulance for 31 years, director for 20 years, uh, the training center about 15 years. I'm also uh, the president of MEMSA. Okay, and what is that an acronym for? That is the Minnesota Emergency Medical Services Association. Okay. And uh, what we do is put on a conference every year um, for EMRs, EMTs, uh, paramedics if they want to come. But we stride for uh, rural Minnesota. Mm Mm-hmm for those people and uh, we try to put on classes that would relate more to them and uh, and then we do mini conferences uh, we've uh, hooked up with Mark with his people and we're collaborating on pep courses throughout the year okay you know for rural Minnesota and what are the different topics that you would have with like rural Minnesota compared to someplace not rural well it's not the topics it's more i think the way we do things okay you know so being in the twin cities or a big town or something like that you're three minutes from the hospital Mm -hmm. and that's a lot different than 25 minutes from the hospital Mm. so what how much more do we have to do your education um you got to think outside the box and that's what i think we try to do with our people at our conferences you know not everything can you just read in a book and that's the way it's done Uh, we only have so much equipment so much money so it's thinking outside the box and uh, sticking with the basics okay Uh, we really strive with that too and so you're training people to do this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where did that come from? Can we start? Well, we'll start with Stan. We'll get to Jay as well. But um, your story as far as how did you know you wanted to do this? How did you get involved? How long have you been involved? I've uh, been involved 31 years. Thirty. So this is a lifetime. Like this is a lifetime uh, profession for you. Well, it's a part-time profession because it's volunteer. Mm-hmm. So... Um, kind of made up my mind one day that what can I give back to the community and uh, not to say anything bad about the firemen but I got turned down from the firemen so my next phone call was to the ambulance service and they said meeting Monday night be there that night I was driving the ambulance really yes so there I mean there's obvious need yes right Uh, And then the training that will come along with that. Right. And then, so I went for um, EMT, and that's a three-month course. Mm -hmm. And uh, South Central College does a real good job with that and stuff. That's where we send all of our people for training for EMTs. Okay. And how do you get from showing up one night, driving an ambulance, to, like, running MEMSA? Um, in my case, I showed up for a meeting. <laughs> Isn't it like that when you're on a board or something? You, you miss the meeting, now you're elected. That's so. the greatest tradition in EMS is to miss a meeting and you come back and you're, what, treasurer, president, vice yeah. president right? or something. So. so I showed up for the meeting and the person, the president at the time didn't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. So they looked around the room and 
It took a lot of begging, but <laughs> I finally did say yes. So it's been quite a ride since. Right. And I, have you seen changes in, in the 31 years? On the service? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, it's no longer a volunteer service. We got to treat it like a business now. Right. And um, a lot more schooling. We're um, a lot more equipment. Um, we're getting pretty advanced on our equipment also. So, but it's all good. I mean, it's helping the public on their worst day. Yeah. Yeah, you really reach people when they're very vulnerable. Yes. Do you have the stork pin that Mark was telling me about off air? Yes, I do. You, just one? Well, I only received one. <laughs> Probably because <laughs> both of them were the same week. Oh, my gosh. Really? So, yes. That, so. that means, tell us what that means, Mark. This is great. So about the stork pin. Yeah. So yeah. if uh, in EMS, if uh, if we have a provider or providers um, that are present when a baby is born out in the field, um, we will award them with a stork pin. And uh, in our region, we'll actually give you a, either a blue stork pin or a pink stork pin, kind of depending on, uh, on uh, you know what what you delivered so uh um you know when when stan's getting two in a week that's that's tough to keep up with sometimes (laughs) like stop having the babies (laughs) right stick around we're going to be back with our friends from south central minnesota ems Uh, we've got stan stalker in we've got jay regali here we're going to talk i learned a little bit about jay's story in just a few it's lisa k on your midday here ktoe Back on KTOE, it's Middays with Lisa Kay. We're talking all about EMS and Mark Griffith in with us, talking, uh, bringing some guests in. We've got, uh, we talked to Stan a little bit earlier, uh, EMT, Director of Lee Center Ambulance and President of the Minnesota EMS Association. And Jay Regali is sitting here. He's uh, riding shotgun right now. Paramedic for North Memorial Ambulance. Where are you from and how long have you been uh, with uh, with a paramedic? How long have you been doing that? So... I've been in EMS for about 11 years now. Okay. Um, I've been a paramedic now for three, EMT for eight. Um, I was a first responder before all that for 14 years um, as a police reserve officer. Okay. So my, my path is a little different than, than everybody else's. So yeah, it's all good. Where did you decide that you were going to make this shift? And, and So when I graduated high school, I thought, you know, thought hey it'd be pretty cool to be a cop back in the mid 90s when that's when the rage was sure but uh no it's one of those deals where you know i signed up for my uh i lived in northfield for a a number of years and i was a first responder you know tied up with the police reserves as well so going to basic medical calls stuff like that is what i did for a lot of the a lot of time and then meeting my wife you know 16 plus years ago now um she said why don't you try to be an emt and she works in the field too yep she's been a paramedic for 22 and a half years she just stepped off the street here about three and a half years ago she's now one of the lead instructors for the paramedic program at south central in mankato oh wow so it's in the family yep (laughs) you could say that yeah but no um I was, before I even got into EMS, I was actually a garbage man for 20 years. Okay. That was, that was my career back then. But, uh, but no, it's, um, I went to EMT school at South Central in Mankato, um, graduated in 2000, oh Christ, 2012, mm-hmm. and got my EMT and started on Montgomery Ambulance, which is Stan's neighboring city. 
and was there for a couple of years and then got hired on a ALS service, a full-time ALS service in Northfield and worked there for close to eight years uh, while going to paramedic school and got hired on with North Memorial in 2020. Okay. And I've been there ever since. And do you find that there is, either one of you can answer this, a a certain type of person that is willing to (laughs) not like run into the burning building, but step in and and try to save and help people? You, there's a certain type of person that you have to be compassionate, empathetic, you know, it's, you know, it's not like what you see on TV. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, all blood, guts and gore. That must be hard for you to watch those television shows that are like that, that portray your... You know, your field we, like we that. Pick yeah. out, we pick out the fake things. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that doesn't happen, right? Correct. But uh, but no, it's it's one of those deals where if you're a gen- genuinely caring individual, it's it's something that anybody can do. Right. You know, we talked about volunteer service, but mm-hmm. some people like full time professions out of this. What's the yep. difference there? And, and so the difference between Stan and I is Stan has a full time job. Besides doing besides doing EMS, mm-hmm. my full time job is EMS. So, you know, I I get up every day, I put on a uniform, and I and I go to work. Right. And stand, you know, answers a pager when the pager goes off, and and he drops whatever he's doing to go. So you really can, if people are listening and thinking about this as a, a career path or a passion path, mm-hmm. you can really do either. Correct. There's, yep, that's a, true. And be yep. successful at it. Yep. So long as you put in the time and the work for it, because, you know, like Stan said, you know, EMT school's three months long. It's about 160 hours. And, you know, you have to pass a couple, you know, rigorous tests, I would say, to in order to obtain your certification. Paramedic goes a step further. Mm-hmm. Paramedic is a two-year college course. Um, it's about 1,600 hours worth of classroom time compiled on about 700 to 800 ad- additional hours of clinical time. And what I say by clinical time is, I mean, going into different facets of the hospital, learning how, you know, how they do stuff in the hospital, anything from operating rooms to ED to labor and delivery, so on and so forth. And then a couple of rigorous tests after that in order to maintain your certification. And then learning all those things and bringing it out into the field, because, you know, when you go into a hospital, you've got that setting. Correct. You're in a truck. Correct. Yeah. And so... What could, like you said, Stan, what can you do with what you have there? Mm-hmm. Right. And how fast can we get you to where you need to be? Yeah, and the, the thing is, it's not always how fast, mm-hmm. but safety, too. Yeah. You know, the, the difference, too, like between Stan and myself is Stan's on a basic life support ambulance, so they have the basic tools to keep somebody alive. Right. Um, me working on a ALS service or advanced life support is I have a little more tools in my toolbox that I can use to help somebody. Hmm. Do you find that there's a, a brotherhood or a sisterhood? Is it a small community? Very small. So you know each other Correct. all over the place? Yeah, you'll run into people that you went to school with, that um, that you know from a neighboring neighboring service, so on and so forth. That uh, it's EMS is a very very small neighborhood, very small community, where we we stick up for each other and you know we'll fight for one another till till the end.
back on KTOE. It's Middays with Lisa Kay. Thanks for hanging out with me. We've got Mark Griffith, the Executive Director of South Central Minnesota EMS in studio. Jay is with us and Stan is with us as well, both working in the field. I think off mic, an interesting conversation that was happening about some of the um, some of the difficulties that you've faced since the pandemic. They really hit your professions in, in a hard way. What do you have to say about that? Um. With with that being said, it, it with COVID and everything else that took place, we as first responders, um, police officers, firefighters, what have you, it was it was a scary time. Um, we suffered a lot of loss through that and everything else. People didn't want to do our profession anymore because of the stringent uh, restrictions that we had right. to do our job. So it was more about restrictions rather than being scared of the pandemic itself? or did, The, did the pandemic scare had a big effect on it, too. Right. Okay. And then some of um, our members actually came down with COVID and um, had respiratory distress issues mm-hmm. and couldn't come back to us. Mm. You know, and so we lost members that way, too, which was hard. And how do you replace those members? I mean, that's that's a difficult thing to do. It's very, very hard. Um, Like I said, the the communities, um, there's not that drive anymore. Um, You know, when when I was a kid, which was many, many years ago, Everybody wanted to be on the ambulance. Everybody wanted to be on the fire department or policemen, you know. I don't think we have that drive now. Everybody wants to be a computer analyst and our uh, IT guy. You know, those are the drives now. Do you think schools. Do you think it might come full circle? Or do you think it'll... I, I often think about that with all sorts of things, even, even with radio and as much as, you know, we go digital and all of this stuff, like... We still come back to what we have and what we know. I'm hoping that that will be the case for you because in the rural communities and the communities that you serve, uh, that's life and death for people. I don't yes. think they, if, if we don't have the volunteers that are willing to get the training and come back home or, or go to those smaller communities. I think it's once the um, the people get up, maybe that have young kids that are getting older right now that have landed in these small communities, um, they'll have a little um, skin in the game mm-hmm. and they'll want their community to, to grow. So I don't think we're going to get as many young people into our profession, but I'm hoping that we get the fifth, our 40, 50, 60-year-olds mm-hmm. to come help. And the fact that you can do that part-time is probably helpful. Right, yes. Right. That's big. And that could morph into something else. A lot of people changed professions around, you know, the pandemic afterwards. Yep. Uh, so you and never people know. Are re- Find your passion. Yeah, people are retiring from their jobs earlier, you know, so now they're looking for a little career on the side. They don't want to work seven days a week or five days a week anymore, you know. So this is perfect for them to pick up one day or two days a week and help out their community. So it's huge, the the ones that already have retired. So now I think about you being probably overstretched, right? Probably needing some help and some assistance. What do you do to keep yourselves mentally healthy 
when you're going into stressful situations. And I I can't imagine that any, I know it might not be burning building or anything. <laughs> He's like, do you have a bar? Um, <laughs> do you do you do anything or do you notice when you when that toll is being taken on you? I think we do see it. Um, we're seeing it more and more. And it don't happen with the um, day-to-day stuff. It happens with our um, our bigger calls. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. And, you know, Mark can touch on this. Uh, we got our debriefing team um, that helps us out, which is huge, helping us out with our uh, with our stress. Well, what happens then? Is there there's so somebody goes into a stressful situation, mm-hmm. right? There's a debriefing. Yeah, the uh, on we uh, the region, the South Central, we have a, a, a critical incident stress management team, um, and Lee County actually has one as well. And so we have, let's say we have a crew, let's say Jay's on a call and goes into a bad situation or something for whatever reason, might not even be directly related to that call, but for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. that call trips something in in Jay and it's just, it's stuck with them. They can reach out. There's no cost and it's confidential and we'll have, uh, we'll have a trained CISM counselor kind of, kind of, kind of walk him, you know, walk him through, you know, you know, when did this start? Kind of get some background on it and hopefully give him tools where he can deal with that. Does that make sense? That's, that, that does make sense. And that's good because I don't think that everybody gets that. I, I, I don't think that, I mean, there's a lot of stressful positions that are out there in the working world. And there, there really is. And, you know, mental health is so top of mind right now. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, we, you know, mental health and EMS or in public safety in general has been on the, you know, it's been first and foremost on the radar for probably two years now since coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is, it's so important um, for folks to, to realize that if, if this is something they choose to do, you know, if they go Jay's route and they start as a volunteer and then end up doing it full time or if they're like standing and they just want to do it when they can, there's a support system behind them hmm. that's going to make that's going to help to make sure that they're that they are able to stay mentally well and they, they can bring their families into the fold with some of this. So, yeah, very important. Very important. Some opportunities that you've had presented to you since getting into the EMS field that you want to talk about? Any any. So I'm a volunteer instructor at South Central College in the paramedic program. Um, I've been doing that now for four or five years. Um, also, like I said, I'm part of the Minnesota EMS Honor Guard, which uh, we we do a lot of the line of duty deaths for the fallen EMS people. Mm-hmm. Um, we also pair up with uh, the Law Enforcement Memorial Agency as well, or LEMA, and also the fallen firefighters as well. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that for, I think I just came up on my 10-year anniversary oh, wow. with uh, with the Minnesota EMS Honor Guard, and it's, it's just another way to... to to serve and honor the the people that have given the ultimate sacrifice. I think there's a, and and not to take away from from police and firefighters, uh, but I think when we say thank you for your service, you know, to those folks, uh, do you often feel forgotten in that mix or not? No. Good. I'm glad. No, <laughs> it's it's one of those deals where it's just you know we're we're an addition. Yeah. You know. We, we all respond to the same calls. We, we all go through a lot of the same stressors. However, it's, it's one of the deals where we, where we give back to, to one another and support one another through everything. All right, good stories. Favorite stories? 
Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I warned well, you about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> so, um, my story, I was thinking about this for quite some time now, and my story is 100 stories long. Mm. Okay. If somebody wants to get um, overwhelmed with happiness, join a, a service, a volunteer service, a full-time service, and you go to people's houses on their worst day. Mm-hmm. Especially kids. I've got more kids around Lee Center when I'm walking down the street mm. that say, Hi, Stan, how's it going? They'll reach out, they'll shake my hand, or they give hugs. Mm-hmm. And that just means so much. Um, we helped them out. They don't forget us. And uh, they're always there reminding us, you know, remember the day that you were at our house. And uh, I got this one boy that I sat with for an hour and we talked and stuff and um, never took him in. He was just having a few issues and stuff and lined up other help for him. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, every time I see him on the street, he's right there to say, thanks, Stan, and uh, reminds me that. I did help him. Yeah. You know, so I don't have no Pacific story, but like I said, mine's a hundred stories long. So it is so gratifying that uh, seeing these kids come up. So And knowing you made a difference. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How about you, Jay? Well, you know, I can I can just piggyback off what Stan said. You know, we're going into people's houses on their worst days. And the good outweighs the bad in all of it, right? Um, to to take away one one thing from any of it is you're doing the best that you can with the with the tools that you have, mm-hmm. right? Um, simply going into somebody's house, talking to them, or if you do have to transport them to a, a local a local ER or something like that, you're giving them. Uh, another reason to keep to keep going or to 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 get help to to uh, you know help with some kind of medical issue that they have um, but it's it's that it's you know the the good always outweighs the bad sure we go into situations which would make most people wonder why we do this mm-hmm. however picking up you know your 97 year old grandma who you know, fell and is a little bit confused you know and you take her in to get her the help that she need far outweighs anything else that i would do throughout the day right sounds like you're paid back in many mm-hmm. many different ways uh and thank you thank you for that thanks for those stories this is awesome love meeting people um there are easy ways for the public to get involved if we're interested absolutely so um we had talked a little before the show about the stop the bleed yeah uh, program what is that? so so stop the bleed is a uh, is a program from the american college of surgeons and it's designed to um uh, give the lay provider people that aren't in ems the confidence and the competence to uh to stop somebody that's bleeding to death you know or that's bleeding out mm-hmm. severely mm-hmm. um it's about a 45 minute course 
um, we offer it through our office if they wanted if somebody wanted to take this or do it you know they can take it on their own if they want to do it for the workplace we're happy to happy to come out and do it and we teach them uh, you know how to apply direct pressure how to pack wounds if they had to mm. and uh, and how to do tourniquets so it's uh, and it's you know all I know Jay had mentioned the dark humor we have in EMS one of our sayings is all bleeding eventually stops, right? We would just prefer to, you know, to be on the front end <laughs> You'd be of that controlling curve. that, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we, we get them some hands on, we give them a certificate and, uh, you know, that's a really easy way. You know, I think you've heard these, you know, Jay and, and Stan talk. It really is. It's about confidence. Once you're, once you've got that confidence and you know, you're doing something that most people can't, that's, that can be a game changer for sure. What's hands-only CPR? Hands-only CPR is exactly what you just said. It's hands-only CPR. If you, Lisa, were to see somebody laying out on the ground and you couldn't wake them up, you could have somebody call 911 and you go down, put two hands in the center of the chest and pump hard and fast. Okay. And you're looking at me like, well, what happens if you get it wrong, right? This right. guy just didn't wake up. Right. Jay, back me up. Are we going to hurt him if we give him CPR and they don't need it? Well, hurt him in the long term. Okay, hurt him in the long term. No, hurt him in the short term. Yes. <laughs> okay. And they're probably going to come back and you know pop you in the back of the head and tell you to stop that because it really hurts. But that's okay. That is okay. Um, but that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, early 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 access to CPR is essential to to saving out of house, an out of hospital cardiac arrest. All right, we're going to come back with a few fun facts about EMS right before the top of the hour here. Are you all ready? He's getting his fun facts out. I can see it. (laughs) Stick around. It's Lisa Kay on your midday here at KTOE. We'll be right back. Back on Talk of the Town, Lisa Kay. And just a couple of minutes left with my friends from the EMS. And, uh, Mark, we're going to go with our our facts, our fun facts here. All right. we We got five fun facts. We're going to do them quick. So most people might not know that ambulance services weren't always like they are right now up until by 1970, um, ambulance services were primarily run by tow truck, tow truck operators, and funeral homes in Minnesota. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, I, I'll give you number two. Uh, fun fact number two: the show Emergency that aired back, way back in the day is probably the closest representation to our job in the real world that it is now. The show Emergency. Okay, so we'll have to go back and watch that. All right. All right. The uh, the term siren has its origins in Greek mythology, where oh, it's referred to, uh, to mermaids' siren song to have you come to the rocks. So obviously we have our sirens. When the when New York City launched its very first ambulance in 1869, their first aid bag had a stomach pump, bandages, sponges, handcuffs, a straitjacket, and a quart <laughs> of brandy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Google it. Really? And then, last but not least, okay. the inventor of the stethoscope, the modern stethoscope, is a French doctor named René Lenac. And he preferred he preferred that you would call that Le Cylinder, right? And all his colleagues wanted to call it something else. And he decided that if they were going to call it anything, they should call it stethoscope, which is uh, um, the Greek stethos, which means breast, and scopin, which means look at Interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. I thought so. If anybody has any questions about anything that we talked about today and they want a, a, more information about either volunteering or, you know, maybe show up and drive an ambulance, who, who knows? Is there a place please. in general? <laughs> please, please do. Uh, is there a general place that they can go? There sure is. They can go right to our website. We're at, uh, at uh, sc-ems.org. And at least I think there's a link on, on K2A's site to our website. Mm-hmm. So go on there. Um, there's a contact us form or a volunteer form. 
form. You fill that out. And uh, myself or uh, Brooke Morris, who's our kind of our outreach person for that, that we met last month. Yes. She will get in contact with you and we will guide you in the right direction. Or, or if you know of an ambulance service in your hometown, walk down there. Go give them a call. Because they probably need some help. They would need some help for sure. All right. Stan, Jay, thank you so much for your time and coming in and sharing your stories. Thank you, Lisa. Certainly appreciate it, and thank you for your service as well. Who, uh, who are you bringing in next time, Annie? You know, I've got. Uh, I think uh, we're. I think we've got some folks from the college coming down to okay. talk a little on the on the education side of the house. Uh, I think we'll grab another ambulance manager or so, and you never know. Maybe we'll get a doc involved at some yeah, point huh? here. So excellent! It's always good to see you. And thanks we'll for having us. We'll see you always. again the next uh, the fourth Friday of every month. Fourth Friday of the month. Thank you again so much, Lisa.